How can you not be romantic about baseball? Bringing a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I got I to gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. A baseball first podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. You are listening to Booze and Baseball with Derek Johnson. I'm Dusty Baker. Pull up a seat and sit with us at our bar. Let's talk some ball. Derek. It's the off season, and uh, there's nothing quite better than this, I would say. Before we get to our cheers, uh, we're going to do our chug and look back at it. Stat. It is November the 27th. There wasn't a lot going on in this day in history in Major League Baseball as far as transactions that really popped out, but uh, we will be posting this as well on our main Spotify account on the 28th. So we're going to look at November the 28th. We're going to go all the way back to 2014. The Athletics trading Josh Donaldson to the Blue Jays. For Sean Nolan, Brett Laurie, Kendall Grayman, and Franklin Barreto. I think at this point, Derek, you look at this, and we haven't had a lot of major trades, obviously, early in the off-seasons, but this one really stood out to me. Uh, it shows that it can happen, and we're in the heart of the time when this will possibly take place. Yeah, I would hope so. I hope we get more of this stuff happening. It feels like last year wasn't a big off-season trade type of offseason. It was more of a free agency offseason. I feel like we don't see the MLB player-to-player trades as much. Like we've seen in the past couple of years with the Braves. We saw Sean Murphy last year. We saw Matt Olson the year before. Maybe a point there. Don't trade player-to-player with the Braves, I guess. Uh, but we haven't seen it nearly as much. I remember 10 years ago, you would see a handful of them every year. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful at this point in time that we do get some sort of solidifying trade here. And and there are rumors, obviously, and we're not going to dig too deep into that, uh, but a few of them that are there at, at this point in time, you're hearing, hearing Dylan Cease, you're hearing Tyler Glass now, um, obviously Juan Soto's name's popped up. Is there a name out there, Derek, at this point in time that you're thinking, man, this guy's got to be on the move? Well, certainly the Tyler Glass now one makes a lot of sense. The guys that I'll be interested to see if it actually does happen, Corbin Burns and Pete Alonso, because those are both – game changers like with Pete Alonzo he can come in and hit 40 maybe even 50 home runs for you if everything comes together with Corbin Burns he can come in and be your number one in an MLB postseason so I, I think Glass now is the one that that makes like the most certainty that he gets traded I guess at some point here but like there are a lot of legit trade candidates that I don't know couldn't make some noise here in the offseason and change some uh I guess seasons ahead yeah, well, well, we'll keep our eyes on the trades. We'll talk about that more on our next show. This show is designed specifically to talk about free agency. So before we get into all that, Derek, we got to have a drink or two to celebrate the new offseason here. What are you drinking this evening? 
Shout out to uh, a Mr. J.D. Busfield on this one. Introduced me to this drink, and now I'm addicted. It is a Finnish drink called Long Drink. Long Drink for a long off-season is what it's already felt like. We haven't had a lot go on so far. Um, it is kind of like a, I don't know, it's a, a seltzer. I guess it's gluten-free if if you're into that. doesn't really matter as much to me. Uh, but it's like a citrus. They, they have a bunch of different flavors for this. It's a gin with natural grapefruit and juniper berry flavors and carbonation for this specific one, the blue one. And it is delicious. It is perfect. It is, is it, refreshing. Is it new? Wonderful. I don't know. I hadn't heard of it until a couple months ago. Um, so I don't know how new it is, but either way, I'm all aboard. All aboard. All aboard. All right. I, I'm sticking to a uh, routine here in the offseason where each week I'm going to try a different bourbon since that's right in my territory here in Louisville. Uh, Derek, this one's going to be very familiar to you because Derek and I had gone on a trip to Miami not that long ago, and naturally I had to bring out some Bullet bourbon. So uh, Bullet County's not that far away from where I live, and uh, Bullet bourbon itself is pretty dang good. I've already made a pretty decent dent into this, by the way. This is one that I bought maybe like a week and a half ago, and the majority is gone. But um, as we go show to show, I'm going to kind of break it down either way. There's one thing I want our listeners to hear, though, because this is something that was new to me. Um, my girlfriend, uh, one of my friends that came out to visit myself, we actually we went to Angel's Envy uh, Distillery, which is just down the road from us in downtown Louisville. And uh, we tried uh, we just did their classic bourbon tasting. And one thing that was interesting to me, you know, everybody has kind of different advice as far as how you drink bourbon and what you're supposed to do for it. I guess I never really thought too much about it. Obviously, the proper way of tasting. The one way that I, I learned kind of from Angel's Envy that I thought was interesting. So I'm going to do it right now. It's pretty simple. Before you start, before you start drinking, in order to actually get the proper smell and, and get the flavors before you even taste it, you're supposed to breathe it in, but with your mouth open as well. So breathe it through your nose and keep your mouth open. Otherwise, you know, the, the actual smell of it, it's going to be too much for uh, your nostrils to handle. So I'm going to do that right now. And I just breathe in with my nose and out through my mouth. And, and all of a sudden, it smells a little differently. It doesn't burn. It doesn't hurt. And then after that, they recommend you take a sip and just swish it around for about 10 seconds. Let it burn inside because then your pain receptors are turned off. And after that, that's when you can actually taste bourbon the right way. So this is going to be a long 10 seconds it's going to sound like, but I'm going to actually take a sip here. Um, while I do that, Derek, uh, just think to yourself real quickly what all you could do in 10 seconds outside of this that, that would be better spent time. So ready? Here you go. Cheers. Okay. Well, we should have put a pitch clock on you. And uh, I did not know this is the proper way to drink it. I probably won't do it this way. I'll just drink it a normal way. Um, you are a whiskey snob right now or a bourbon snob right now. All right. That's, uh, that's the end of that. Uh, I am a bourbon snob now. I'm becoming that. Um, it hurts when you do that initially, but... Yeah, after doing that, you can tell that your mind or your mouth kind of goes numb, and that, at, at that point in time, you just take sips. So, uh, Derek, here's our official cheers. Cheers to the off season, uh, and cheers to a few of the names that have already gone. By the way, because that's Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray, Antomaeda, Jason Hayward, and Eugenio Suarez traded to the Diamondbacks. That uh, was from the Mariners for Carlos Vargas and Sebi Zavala. Out of all these deals, Derek, I think you could start with. Aaron Nola getting the big one, the seven-year 172 mil from Philadelphia, re-signing there. And, of course, today, Sonny Gray to the Cardinals, three-year 75 million 
He finished second in AL Cy Young voting. So it's kind of crazy, the disparity between those two deals. It'll be interesting to see how this NOLA one affects the Zach Wheeler one, which I believe he's a free agent. It's either next year or the year after that. Uh, but Aaron Nola might be the best number two starting pitcher in the game right now. Certainly he's in the conversation um, off the top of my head. And, and so to keep that together for the Phillies, you're in a win now mode. Makes a lot of sense. I think Nola is somebody who's going to age well. Uh, even though it's a long-term deal with the pitcher. He has a lot of good off-speed pitches, a lot of good secondary pitches, and I think those are the type of pitchers that can stay crafty. It's the guys who are you know, super reliant on a dominant fastball. They can be electric and dominant for the short term, but those guys I don't trust as much for the long term. So I like that move for Nola, and the pitching is starting to come off the board. Like That's kind of the one thing that's coming off the board here. Like the 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 Jason Hayward deal and you know the the – uh, Eugenio Suarez trade like those are more smaller moves from the hitters uh, you're starting to get a little less pitching out there Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola were two of the probably top five starting pitchers available uh, the Gray deal includes a a option in there for possibly 30 million to possibly make it a fourth year so a couple of interesting moves there for Nola it's about the Phillies kind of keeping it together for the Cardinals they needed to add starting pitching we can get into more about specifically what they did add because it does feel a little bit for the money they spent. Um, I don't know. Underwhelming might be the word for it, but they did add it at least. Yeah. I'll, I'll touch on that just simply because yeah, the Cardinals, what Derek's referring to also adding on top of Sonny Gray, uh, bringing in Lance Lynn, who is not at this point in his prime by any means. And Kyle Gibson. Um, what I will say to that. While they're not sexy names, and while I'm not a big fan of either signing, I guess if you want to put something in perspective here, those guys at least eat innings and quality starts. But they're going to need a lot more than just those three signings. Sonny Gray, obviously, the outlier here. He, he is a good, really good signing. The AAV is a little high for me, to be honest. But um, at least they didn't sign him for a very long-term deal in case things kind of fall out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the Cardinals have a lot of work ahead of them if they want to actually compete. Um, my guess is they're going to dish off a bat or maybe a Dylan Carlson, if you will, a guy that's not yet proven, but still has some possibility of being successful in a different market. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see his name on the move. But with that being said, Derek, we're going to go straight into our offseason. Choose your drink. And uh, essentially what this is, we did this a year ago. We're shaking it up a little bit, though. Here are the rules for choose your drink. We each pick a team for the free agency, and if we get that team right, ultimately, it's five points. If we get the secondary team correct, because we're picking two teams here, our A and our B, the second team is worth two points. If you pick a team that this player resigns with, that is two points if you pick them as their initial or their number one. And if you pick them second for number two, you only get one point. So let's just say Clayton Kershaw resigns with the Dodgers and I had him listed as my one. Therefore, I had two points. If I listed him as my second tier, then that's one point. So obviously you got trade candidates like Juan Soto. Mike Trout even has been floated out there. Nolan Arenado has been floated. You mentioned Corbin Burns. We have Tyler Glass now, Shane Bieber, the whole White Sox team. We're going to focus strictly, though, on free agents. So, Derek, we're just going to start with the top shelf right here. Shohei Otani. What is your list for him? Well, I mean, it has to be a team who can afford, obviously, the gigantic sum that's going to come with it. It also needs to be a team who's at least been, I'd imagine, a playoff team the last couple of seasons. Um, and 
I look to the Dodgers. I feel like they're everybody's number one in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. So I'm not going to venture far from that. I'll go with them number one. Outside of that, for number two, uh, I'm going to go with the Cubs. Um, I I don't know how much the uh, market of Chicago appeals or doesn't appeal to him. Does he want to be on the West Coast? You know, does he does he want to stick around in the LA area? I don't know. But the Cubs were a game away from making the playoffs last year, so you have a winning team. With that side of things, they have the money to do it. They are a big market. Uh, I don't know the relationship there between him and, like, say, a Suzuki, if that helps at all. But um, I think the Cubs are going to be a real player here. So those are the two teams that I'm kind of looking at. On the fray, if I had to, like, just throw any other names in there, like the Mets are kind of interesting because we know Steve Cohen uh, has don't give a bleep money and he'll just throw it out around. But I I don't know how much that one's going to go in there. Um, I guess the Rangers would be kind of interesting. And anytime you have a team who – doesn't have to pay like or when you sign there you don't have to pay uh income tax on on what you're making that's kind of interesting and you have the defending world series champs those would be the four that i'm kind of looking at here i guess the yankees are always kind of interesting from one point or another but yeah dodgers one cubs two yeah i'll echo everything you said about the dodgers right there it makes a lot of sense obviously you look at the depth that they have in the rotation it's pretty weak um they're not going to get innings from him this year but if you sign him, you know for a fact that you get him the following year, right? So maybe that'll give the Dodgers an opportunity to do what they do best, which is go out, find a free agent that maybe hasn't pitched all that great, and they try to give him a one-year deal and uh, make them into a starting pitcher that they never were. And, and all of a sudden, they're throwing you know low threes, the Tyler Andersons of the world, right? Like maybe that's what they're going to try and do. Um, it opens the door for that, at least if they do that. And on top of that, J.D. Martinez is a free agent, so it makes some sense uh, there. I will say that while I agree the Cubs are definitely a place that I could see a fit, I'm going to go with your San Francisco Giants as my B option right there. <laughs> you turn your head because I know exactly what you're thinking, and it's that Farhan Zaidi just hasn't been able to reel in the big move, right? Like they haven't been able to do that. Aaron Judge wasn't able to do that. Uh, Carlos Correa, they sign him, and then all of a sudden the medical history comes out and that goes right. But I think Otani is going to stay on the West Coast. I really do believe that. Um, he's going to want to end up in a place where he feels comfortable, he feels at home. There's a lot of diversity, obviously, in L.A. There's a lot of diversity in San Francisco. Um, and on top of that, can you imagine Otani hitting bombs into McCovey's Cove, right? Like, that would be crazy uh, to see that opportunity. And I really don't think the Giants are that far off. Um, it's the same reasoning as the Dodgers a little bit. They'll have a starting pitcher there uh, the following year. I know Zaidi likes to get creative, and uh, maybe he'll see that as an opportunity. But they need a marketing tool, right? The Giants just simply don't have the guy that is the face of the franchise at the moment. You can argue it's Webb, but let's be honest, that's not the guy that you kind of want to be your face. He, he's just kind of more of a really good player, um, but not the guy that's going to be the reason why people are buying tickets and buying jerseys, right? So they they need a marketing tool. Shohei Otani is exactly that uh, and more. I mean, he revolutionizes your team. Uh, he's everything. Can you imagine also him hitting balls into the triples alley? I know that obviously it's a little different nowadays out there, but uh, that dude could has the speed to hit an inside the park home run. Uh, I mean, he is something so special. And I think San Francisco is very much going to acknowledge the fact the Dodgers are going to be in the running for this. I think it's going to come down to those two. I'll be honest. I think those two are going to be the biggest bidders um, and watch out for the Yankees as kind of maybe a background team there um, that'll float the money. But I, I kind of see Otani sticking in that area. Is there any other team that, that doesn't count to this, by the way, 
that you're like, you wouldn't be surprised if he signs with them. Again, the Rangers, I, I think makes a lot of sense there just from a financial aspect, from a winning aspect, from clearly they will spend money. They probably have a little extra line around after the world series. That would be kind of the other one I'm keeping an eye on. I'd like to see Otani in a Mariners jersey. I think that would be kind of cool. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they'll pony up the money, but uh, I think that would be a pretty cool fit as well. Uh, let's move on to Cody Bellinger. Uh, who is your top two for this? My number one is the Yankees. Um, they could use some extra athleticism and, and speed in the outfield. Harrison Bader going to be gone. So uh, you, you pick up kind of the defense there with Cody Bellinger, but you have a much better hitter here. Uh, he played for a big market in LA, played for a big market in Chicago. Okay. Well, now you go hit another big market in New York. My number two is the Giants. Giants need outfield defense. They just need defense in general. Not a good defensive team past couple of years. He would add athleticism. He would give them something in center. Right now they're missing kind of a true center fielder, unless you believe Luis Matos is ready and equipped to be the guy all season long, which I know I'm not as of yet. So I think he would make some sense there. Um, he obviously is, uh, somebody who is familiar with that division. Um, I, I I was surprised the Giants didn't go out there and, and give him like a one-year deal last year, to be completely honest. So maybe that kind of tells you that it's not meant to be this year. But I do think with them looking for star power, because to your notion, they, they need to sell tickets and there's pressure on the front office to go out and, and have a big offseason here. I don't think they, they're going to get Otani. So um, then it becomes what other big splash players can you get? Cody Bellinger would be one of those other guys. I think every Dodger fan just cried inside a little bit hearing that. Um, I I will also say the Yankees at number one. It just seems like a very good fit out there considering the need for the Yankees to have a powerful left-handed bat that plays good defense. Like That's a significant need that they need and, and to cover territory in the outfield, right? Um, it makes sense considering the short porch in right field. Uh, I think Bellinger is plenty of pop that it doesn't really matter how far out the fences are, but that certainly would help his cause. Um, the Yankees seem like a solid, solid fit to pair with Aaron Judge. You get the lefty-righty combo right there. Uh, you could go 2-3 with them, 1-2 even if you really wanted to. It would be very interesting to watch that team with Belly. I, I also felt like the Giants were definitely a good fit and pondered whether that should be my number two. But just to be on the contrary a little bit here, I'm floating the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, you're fresh off a World Series appearance, and they have so much speed on this team. Why not just play to your strength and go out and get one of the fastest defenders possible and a bigger bat than what you already have on your team? Uh, he would pair nicely with Cattell Marte and Corbin Carroll and Christian Walker in the heart of that lineup. Um, obviously, on top of that, he is from Arizona. So it's a hometown team for him, in essence. And... I could see an actual fit for him staying out there for the majority of his career. Uh, it seems like a place where Cody Bellinger doesn't, you know, want to wander. I, I don't feel like he has that vibe of wanting to go to the East coast necessarily. Uh, he seems like a West coast guy and he's not going back to the Dodgers. And if he doesn't go to San Francisco, I, I think he's going to stay at home in Arizona. It's more of a, okay, kid grew up out there. That's home for him. Now he gets to play at home. Like I, I could see that being, a spot and a good fit. And the Arizona Diamondbacks are probably going to feel some pressure now after making it to the World Series. Hey, like we have the pieces to be able to get there again. Why don't we do something about that and strengthen uh, an area that maybe we can only get better at? And I know they have a lot of outfielders. Maybe they use one to dangle in a trade. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they can get creative here. But 
Cody Bellinger could be the key piece that they need uh, to put them over the top, uh, which at this point, I think we're talking about them as a playoff contender and, and a lot more. So I think that's a pretty good fit for him. Uh, here's an interesting one, because this is a hard rationale here since we've never actually seen him pitch in the United States. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, he is the popular name out there, 25-year-old pitcher out of Japan. Who do you have for him? I'm in love with Yoshinobu Yamamoto, uh, and I really want the Giants to get him. I know they're going to put a full press on him, but again, this will be the classic, oh, the Giants finishes one of the runners up here. Uh, I am going to go with the Mets one, the Cubs two. So the reason I'm going with both these teams, I could see either. Uh, it has been a bit out there that Yamamoto wants to play with another Japanese player. And you look at Tei Suzuki on the Cubs, you look at Kodai Senga on the Mets. He is also represented by the same agency of Kodai Senga on the Mets. Now, I believe he's the agent. Uh, the same agent is the Giancarlo Stanton agent, who the Yankees kind of spoke bad about. So maybe that could hurt um, a player who's coming from overseas who hears this from this happening. So I, I think the Mets are one and you get to pair those two together. I think Yamamoto is going to be a really good player. Um, and then the Cubs, I think, would make a lot of sense, too. They could use another pitcher. Obviously, Marcus Stroman is a free agent now, so that kind of adds the, the ability to get a need. Uh, it, it's clear that he'd be able to play with another player, uh, and, and both those teams are, are kind of, you know, Mets maybe more aiming for 2025, Cubs more aiming for 2024, but still two teams that are competitive. Yeah, I like both of those. And, I, I mean, at this point, this is probably the closest thing to a gamble on, on any of these free agents because – we only know so much about this guy, right? I'm going to stick with the uh, the Dodgers at one on this. I, I think that especially if they lose out on Otani, um, they're going to need to get a pitcher and a guy that can go long-term, right? This guy fits it perfectly. And based off reports we've heard, he grew up a Dodgers fan. Uh, as far as what he's uh, rooted for, his rooting interest, we don't know how significant that really is. Uh, but I'm going to go Dodgers as one just simply because we know that they need to address the rotation, uh, he's young. He's got a lot of years left in that arm, hopefully. And so that fits the bill perfectly. They have a history, obviously, of bringing in successful pitchers from overseas. So uh, curious to see if that does the deal for them. The other one that I'll mention is, and you kind of touched on him a little bit, the Red Sox uh, make some sense to me. They need frontline starting. We assume this guy's got frontline capabilities here. And uh, the Red Sox are in this weird situation where – uh, they're kind of falling way back behind the Orioles, the Blue Jays, and they're kind of stagnant at this point, it feels like. So they need to make a move to address that rotation that's older. Uh, there's not a lot of depth there. Uh, maybe they get a guy like this that can kind of help build them up. And remember, guys like Brian Bayo that are still growing as starters, they, they can kind of build a younger rotation. And maybe that area in which, you know, you're kind of thinking they'll compete in four or five years, maybe that turns into one, two, three years, right? So. Uh, I could see Yamamoto being a fit in Boston. Uh, we have a couple more pitchers left on this, and then we're going to go to uh, shorter talks about the free agents. But we're finishing out our top shelf pitchers and players here in free agency. How about the Cy Young in the NL, Blake Snell? Who do you got for them? This was one of the hardest ones for me to pick. Some of the, I guess, early names that you've heard are a lot of NL West teams. You've heard Padres, Padres. 
possibly Giants possibly because Bob Melvin was his manager and clearly the Giants need to make those splash moves. But I don't know. I, I just don't see like Farhan does not do long-term pitcher deals. The Yamamoto one is the one that I'm, I'm watching for long-term pitcher deal because he's only 25. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go with Angels, right? Okay, Angels could be losing Shohei, Shohei Otani, probably losing Shohei Otani. They need to make a big splash. They are still a big money market team and, and a team who likes to spend money, and they really need starting pitching. Would it not make sense for them to just come out of nowhere and kind of get this one with Blake Snell? So that's what I'm going to go with here. And then the other one I'm going to go with is the Cubs again. Um, I don't I don't expect the Cubs to sign both Snell and Yamamoto. This is more me saying I feel like they're going to sign a pitcher, so I'm going to kind of throw numbers at it. Uh, because I don't feel great about a lot of the other teams. Like with Snell, I feel like the market's a little bit shorter for the teams that might go after him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, easy fits there. And I agree with you. This is a really hard one to break down because it's a matter of who's willing to probably overpay. Is kind well, of like I'm I was going to put Cardinals on here, but then they signed yeah. Sonny Gray earlier today. And, and now it no longer becomes kind of a viable thing. I actually still think the Cardinals are a viable option. It's just a matter of does Mosaic actually want to open the wallet? I don't know. I think the Cardinals are still a fit because, you know, at this point in time, who's to say you can't have a six-man rotation when Lance Lynn's eating up innings once every five days and you give, you know, a starter that needs a break. You have Libertor that comes in. Like, the, the Cardinals could get creative, theoretically, bringing in Snell. So I actually could see that. With that being said, he is not – that's not my landing spot for him. I, I'm going to be kind of off-brand here because I don't think we've heard any rumors about this team. I'm going to say the Baltimore Orioles. You talk about a team that could really use a frontline starter and that, that that's what they were missing in the first round, uh, or the, technically the ALDS, their first round, um, against the Rangers. They, they needed a guy that could go deep, that was effective. And it, while the Snell is classic, like goes five and two-thirds innings pitched, I feel like his dominance would be welcomed significantly in Baltimore. I mean, that's five and two thirds pitched of just dominant, you know, eight to 10 Ks a game shuts you down. And they just didn't have that in the postseason. And uh, you got a young rotation there with Grayson, obviously. Um, I, I think there's a lot of question marks in that rotation. And you got bats that really could play on the, the highest level. I mean, I think they've got a World Series caliber team, but they just don't have the pitching that stacks up. And so if they bring in a Blake Snell, a Cy Young winner, heck, I mean, you're talking about a team that all of a sudden I would have in my top three, top four to win the World Series if they signed him. So I, I think it's a matter of do they open the wallet. And uh, Jackson Holiday is coming up this year. There could be a lot of excitement around that imagine the excitement around the rotation on top of that bringing in Blake Snell. So I see the Orioles as a fit there. And then secondary, it's the Mariners. And here's why he lives in Seattle. Technically he lives in the outskirts, I believe, but it's, he lives in Washington. And also the Mariners have been rumored for a little bit to be trading one of their starters, uh, possibly for a bat. I see that happening. And then they just go back to free agency and pick up a guy like Snell and just replenish the rotation that's already super effective. Can you imagine pairing Snell with Luis Castillo? And on top of that, if they dish off one of their starters kind of in the back end, get a bat, and all of a sudden their lineup is effective, and they have that top two, uh, you have Robbie Ray that's obviously been hurt. I, I mean, imagine what they could do. I, I don't know if he they're willing to – He was just at the Seahawks game. He was in Seattle. That's what I'm saying. I just – I see it as – a hometown fit, kind of like my explanation with Bellinger 
it's the same with Snell. It's like if he wants to be comfortable and he's got the choice of anywhere he wants to go, there's a reason why he's living in Washington. Clearly, that's home to him. Maybe he makes the Mariners his permanent home. I don't know. I, I just see that as a secondary fit. Um, the Mariners would also have to be creative, though, because I don't see them signing him and, and not trading away one of their other starters because you can't be too deep. Right, but that you'd almost see them as too deep in their rotation, like when there's such a need also for bats, especially trading Eugenio Suarez. So I, I just wonder um, if they've opened up some space with that Suarez trade. Uh, I'm curious, but I think Snell is a decent fit there. All right, a couple more here, and then we're going to move on to our drink special. Jordan Montgomery, we didn't ever expect him to be top shelf until probably around the postseason. All of a sudden, he's really ascended at this point. Where do you see him? I'm going to say re-signs with the Rangers. Something appealing about the money aspect, as I've talked about. But you just won a World Series there. You were excellent for the team in the postseason. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've heard that you know he had a lot of friends and liked his time with St. Louis and the Cardinals. So, again, that's one I'm keeping an eye on. But, again, going back to what they've done in free agency there, uh, there's only so many starting pitcher spots they have. The number two I'm going to go with is the New York Yankees. Right? They, they got a lot of gruff for um, trading him away after what he did in the postseason. Maybe he goes back there. Maybe they tempt him by overpaying him a little bit. Uh, maybe he enjoyed his time there. I, I don't know. We, we've seen them do that before where they traded a guy away, although, you know, they traded him away not this past year but the year before, and they ended up re-signing him with like a Roldis Chapman. So maybe they do that. Maybe they atone for a mistake there. They could use another starting pitcher. So I'll go Rangers one, Yankees two. I like the redemption arc that you're coming up with right there. Uh I will turn over once again to the Orioles, kind of how you basically said it's going to be this or that. I, I think the Orioles are going to make a move, right? And nobody's talking about them, which makes them that much more dangerous, right? A lot of the names that are floated are the Dodgers, the Braves. Um, you you kind of hear about them in the rumors, also trading for Dylan Cease potentially. So somebody's got to go and sign these guys, right, or make these trades. And I think in some way, shape, or form, the Orioles are going to do that. Now, the Orioles could decide – because of their prospect capital to go out and trade for a guy like Cease, which they're they're capable of doing that too. That also wouldn't shock me, but they haven't really broken the bank by any means over the last five years. So they have some room to obviously pony up and throw some money out there. If you look at payroll right now, as far as what is expected, they rank 30th in baseball right now. They rank 30th. And so I know it's not one of the top, you know, market teams as far as uh, you're not going to expect them to break the bank, but they've got some room to spend. And I think if they're not going to go out and get a guy like Blake Snell, they're just going to bring in another lefty instead, like Jordan Montgomery. He seems to fit the bill perfectly. I could see him being a good fit. And then uh, here's the first repeat right here. I think the Rangers, uh, that's the secondary one. You saw how good he was down the stretch. Um, obviously, if he signs with them, I get only one point out of this. I don't care. I could see that being his second best fit right there, but I'll stick with the Orioles and the Rangers. So finally, our last top shelf player, Josh Hader. Where is he ending up? It feels like there's a lot of rumors out there right now uh, about Hader going to the Rangers. Um, I think that would make sense. We saw that there were times where even with the Rangers winning the World Series, things were a bit shaky at the back end of the bullpen, so they could use that extra closer. Bruce Bochy likes ha having uh, a strong bullpen that he can go to, so 
I'll go with the Rangers one. And then it feels like the Braves have been uh, in on a couple big free agents. Like it sounded like they were in on Aaronola. Sounded like they were in on Sonny Gray, even though. So clearly they're willing to spend some extra money this offseason, even as complete and as good of a team as they have. Why not add even more to the bullpen? I, I know they uh, uh, already brought on a, a, you know, kind of flex, I guess, reliever starter type, but maybe make the the bullpen even that much deeper. Uh, add a Josh Hader, take that one extra step over the ledge. Man, if the Braves add Hader, I, I don't know how you beat that bullpen. Uh, I, I will also echo you on the Rangers. I think that's a pretty dang good fit. You saw that really be their one main weakness and. Uh, no disrespect to Jose LeClerc, who really kind of showed up there uh, in the postseason, but you can't expect to rely on LeClerc to do that once again. Uh, and imagine the duo that you have right there. They're also losing Chapman, who was fairly effective for them. So uh, I could see Hayter being a lockdown closer, going straight to the World Series champs and help them repeat once again. It seems like a pretty good fit there. And then this isn't by any means a sexy pick, but the Dodgers just seem like they also, in addition to their rotation, they can address the bullpen. Um, Evan Phillips, they seem to like to use him more as kind of a flex type reliever, as you kind of mentioned there, where they like to throw him in high leverage situations. You wonder if they signed Josh Hader, would they do that instead and have Phillips be the guy? Would they try to mix and match? Like I could see the Dodgers be, you know, case to case basis use Hader in that same scenario, Phillips in that same scenario. You have two guys that can kind of do that same role. I mean, that, that's significant. If you can have two guys that can pitch in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning uh, in high leverage. So that would be key. Uh, I see that as uh, another fit for Josh Hader. Okay, so we're going to move on, Derek, here to our drink special. Pretty quickly here, we're just going to give a brief sentence as to why this player belongs to these two teams that uh, we have listed for them, and uh, then we'll move on to our shots. We're going to start off with outfielder Teoscar Hernandez. Who do you got? I'll go with the Red Sox. Uh, he has comfortability in that division. Seems like the Red Sox could could add that one extra kind of bat to the lineup, and then two will go Dodgers, right? Uh, if the Dodgers don't get – um, Shohei Otani, you might be looking for, for a DH type. Maybe they bring back J.D. Martinez. What if he's gone by then? But I think Teoscar Hernandez, you could even put him in a corner if you had to. So Red Sox one, Dodgers two. All right. I, I like both those fits. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays uh, simply because there's familiarity there and there is the need as well, and he thrived in Toronto. The second team that I have is the New York Yankees, kind of similar circumstances to Cody Bellinger. If they miss out on a bigger bat, and they maybe don't want to pay as much and allocate their funds elsewhere, uh, specifically for pitching. Tay Oscar is a pretty good deal uh, where you're not having to really bump up the pay as much in that particular avenue. Uh, we're going to go to Whit Merrifield. I will go with the White Sox number one. So the White Sox manager, Pedro Grafal, and their GM both have ties to the Royals from about a handful plus of years ago. Uh, there have been some rumors that they really want Salvador Perez wouldn't surprise me if they also want Whit Merrifield. This feels like a White Sox signing to where like they're not really being good or, or they're kind of rebuilding, but also like they want to go out and try to be competitive, even though they don't end up being. So I'll go the White Sox one and then I'm going to go the Angels too. They could use an extra infielder. This feels like an Angels move, get kind of a declining veteran type of guy and uh, bring him in and overpay him. 
That is the most Angels move of all time. I like that pick. Uh, I'll go Yankees one simply because they have a lot of depth issues within the field, and, and he can play multiple positions, right? He, No matter his age, the guy is still a utility player. Uh, he could fit a role and fill multiple voids that the Yankees have uh, and maybe give them a little bit of an opportunity to put their and allocate their funds elsewhere. So curious to see if that's a good fit for him. Number two, the San Francisco Giants. Whit Merrifield, just <laughs> you're shaking your head no, but but you I'm know. shaking my head because I, here's why I don't think it would happen. The front office has been very cognizant of the San Francisco, I guess, kind of vibe and uh, the people they bring in in the locker room, and also they are very, uh, I guess, in on like the I don't know. Whit Merrifield got in some trouble with Kansas City for for not having the COVID vaccine. And um, I don't know if that would happen as well in, in San Francisco. Plus, I feel like San Francisco, I don't know that they're looking to add another infielder. They already have Tyro Estrada there at second base. Marco Luciano, they want him at shortstop. Uh, they're going after some guys at, at kind of the corner. Right now they have a, a, a mess with Wilmer Flores, J.D. Davis. They're trying to get Matt Chapman. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I see it actually for that exact reason because there is a lot of a lack of clarity in San Francisco as far as what direction they're going to go. And they've had a lot of guys that have gotten injured in the process, right? Signing Mitch Hanniger, uh, you didn't see a very healthy season from him. Uh, you saw the same from Michael Conforto. There's just a lot of confusion there. And Whit Merrifield seems to be the classic Giants player that uh, can kind of play the outfield on top of the infield as well. He, he's a t- super utility uh, which is kind of the mix and match that the Giants like. So that's why I'll throw him out there as my B. Uh, what about J.D. Martinez? So this is one, again, going back to the uh, Shohei Otani sweepstakes. If the Dodgers get Shohei Otani, then there's not really room for Martinez. Now, maybe you could convince yourself, hey, can we put Otani in, in a corner at, at some point? I don't know, maybe. Uh, but you can't really bring on another DH. So that kind of makes it tough for me. I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks one. Remember that one season he was with the D-backs after they, they traded for him at the deadline? He played really well. Maybe he goes back there. You know, maybe maybe they can add another hitter to get push over. And then number two is the Twins. Uh, the Twins said they want to uh, play Byron Buxton in center field more often. Okay, maybe that leaves a little extra bat at the DH available. Obviously, you didn't see uh, maybe what you wanted with, with some of the corner guys that, that you were having to DH last year. Give me the Twins as number two. Feels like they always make one or two sneaky signings where it's like nobody was predicting them making it, and then they make a couple good additions, and then they end up being a solid team. I'll go J.D. Martinez here. I, I like that. Uh, we'll see how long Byron Buxton can stay in the outfield. Uh, yeah. We'll go for me. For me, uh, I like the Mariners as a fit number one here simply because – Right now, if you look at their depth chart, Cal Raleigh cannot possibly be their catcher and their DH at the same time. And they uh, they desperately could use a middle-of-the-order bat that drives and runs, which is a huge issue for them. Uh, he is the perfect fit there, I think, as a DH, especially if the Dodgers do go ahead and sign Shohei Otani. But my number two is if they do not go and sign Shohei Otani, then I think they re-signed J.D. Martinez because he, he's got the fit, of course, of playing there this past year. Uh, the guy that helped build his swing happened to be my hitting coach. That's my uh, little little bump right there. Uh, but it was also J.D. Martinez's. He and I have a lot in common, obviously. But uh, J.D. Ma- J.D. Martinez and I hit with the same hitting coach at the same time. Two very different results as far as one of us made a lot of money. The other one is doing this podcast. So uh, that is uh, my explanation on him. Uh, we're going to move to Eduardo Rodriguez. So, Erod, um, obviously there was a lot made with the trade deadline stuff that happened. So that makes you think that he doesn't want to go to, like, California or the Dodgers or something. I'm going to go with the Braves, number one. Back to them clearly being interested in some of these starting pitching. 
Why not get Eduardo Rodriguez? And he has postseason experience. Uh, number two, I'm going to go the Orioles. You talked a lot about how the Orioles could use that extra starting pitcher. He has familiarity with that division. I'll go Baltimore, too. Yeah, I, I like that fit a lot and uh, considered the Orioles significantly for this as well. But I'll go number one, Minnesota Twins. He's kind of just that like step down, the slight step down from those elite starters. And the Twins love to go after those kind of guys, right? And especially after losing Sonny Gray, they're going to need to address somebody to be the top of their rotation. Uh, this is kind of the perfect mold of a player that the Twins like to go for. I, I could see Erod being the number one heading into the season for the Twins. And number two, the Cincinnati Reds. We haven't talked talked about them yet at all on this podcast today uh, the Reds need to make a move potentially for a starter as well they got a lot of young arms but I think they learned towards the back end of this past season that you can't trust your young arms to stay healthy and or succeed throughout the entire season I'm talking about guys like Andrew Abbott of course you have uh, Hunter Green um, and uh, I, I'm just curious to see if they can get healthy uh, but I think Eduardo Rodriguez is a pretty safe piece. He seems to have a pretty rather healthy career for the most part. Um, he's had a couple of stints here and there down, but um, he's been pretty effective lately. And as you mentioned, it's close to Detroit enough. He clearly likes this part of the country. So uh, I'm going to say the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, we're going to move quickly to our wine segment. Why is this called wine? Well, because nothing ages better than wine. And so how about the two fine wine pieces on the free agent market that's clayton kershaw and brandon woodruff which both have had injuries and that will be a key part to why they will not have long-term deals as well as their aging um where do you see both these guys land we're just going to kill both or kill two birds at once right here we're going to say both of them so where do you have kershaw and woodruff going so Kershaw, Dodgers, Rangers, it's, it feels like he re-signs. But every uh, last couple off seasons, it's just been talked that, oh, but he could go to the Rangers. So it feels like it's certainly one of those two. If you gave me retirement as an option, I would go Dodgers one, retirement two. Um, and then with Brandon Woodruff, you're clearly, because he's not, probably not going to pitch this year, um, you're looking at somebody who is looking for 2025 and or is somebody who financially can afford paying a pitcher, probably giving him a two or three year deal on a lot of money, hoping that he plays well in 2025. Well, what did we hear from Max Scherzer when he was traded? The Mets are going for it in 2025. Why not out and go get uh, Brandon Woodruff? So I'll go with the Mets one. The other one, too, is the Dodgers. We've seen the Dodgers bring on a couple like relief pitcher uh, I guess, reclamation projects from the, the Brewers before. So uh, bring on a starting pitcher here. Obviously, the Dodgers have the deep pockets to basically bring on Woodruff and let him sit for a year. They have a, a very good system in place to probably help him come back from the injury. Mets one, Dodgers two. I like uh, I like both of those fits. Um, Do for Clayton Kershaw, I'm just going to literally echo exactly what you said. I'm going Dodgers one, Rangers two. Everything you said is correct. Uh, his injury is going to knock him out until June at the earliest. Um, so it's just a matter of do the Dodgers want to pony up some money and bring him back and he retires as a Dodger? Um, does he go to Texas where it's home? Or as you mentioned, does he retire? I I'm going to say that's the order one, two. Brandon Woodruff, I like both those fits. I'm going to go Astros one. Simply because Justin Verlander, I think, is done after this year. And what a nice fit it would be to almost swap the two, right? Once Verlander's out, 
Then in comes Woodruff. I could see that kind of happening uh, to be a good fit in the rotation there, especially because they've got a lot of young kids. So uh, mixing an arm that maybe is going to cost a little less, I think that that would be a solid fit for them. And to the Atlanta Braves, uh, last thing they need is another injured pitcher, but I could see them investing in a guy for one year this year, kind of what my explanation was with what the Cardinals are doing. Uh, and the Cardinals, by the way, were an, also an option in my mind. Uh, but I can see the Braves kind of fitting that mold. They like to go for the kind of the the unique deals a little bit. Um, I still don't understand how they're paying Ozzy Albee $7 million a year. It's crazy. But um, I, I can see that being a good fit as well. Okay, Derek. So before we conclude, this is our shots segment. We're going to list our last free agents here. We cannot give any explanation. It's just simply our one-two. Where are these guys going? These are shots. This is fast. We're going to knock these out quickly. Let's start with Mitch Garver. Where is he going? Mitch Garver, um, I am going to go, oh, man, with uh, Red Sox one, Angels two. All right. I will go Cubs one, and he returns to the the Rangers at two. What about Reese Hoskins out of the Philadelphia Phillies? Cubs one, although they would be kind of, I don't know, first base was a problem for him last year. Brewers two, good reclamation project for him and them. Uh, they could use another bat in that lineup. Uh, I will go Mariners one, nice DH opportunity. Giants two. Uh, it would just be weird to see him in San Francisco, but I, I could see that actually being a. He's from uh, Northern California, so I, I have seen that a couple places. Sac, yeah, Sac State, Sac State. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Let's go with Mariners one. You talked about they could use another, uh, you know, batter, and then Marlins two. Obviously, there's always the ties with like Miami and and you know Cuban born players. So Mariners one, Marlins two. Marlins one, same reasoning. Cubs two, depth. I like depth. Uh, Jamer Candelario. I'm going to go Royals one. There's a lot of talk. They're building a new stadium in a handful of years. They need something positive on their side. Uh, get a, a veteran hitter who can help some of the young guys. Two, I'm going to go Blue Jays. This is dependent. If they lose Matt Chapman, they're going to need a third baseman to come in. Jamer Candelario, come on down. That was a long shot you took right there. It was uh, it was a shot ski. Big one. <laughs> uh, I will go Diamondbacks one. That might change now with Suarez, but whatever. Diamondbacks one. Uh, Cubs two. Returns to the Cubs. How about Matt Chapman? I'm going to go Giants one. Bob Melvin had him when he was with the A's, and they seem to love him. Blue Jays two. It sounds like they really want to re-sign him. Uh, I'll go Cubs one. Seems like a solid fit there. Uh, Diamondbacks two. Once again, may not see that happen because of Suarez, but I, I still like the fit even before that. Uh, Tim Anderson. Angels one sounds like they have interest. Two, he needs a rebound year. Go to Colorado, hit a bunch more power than you had last year. Colorado likes making weird signings. Rockies. Uh, I like Angels as well. That's been the rumor. Angels one. We'll go Dodgers two. Love reclamation projects. Low bias. Dodgers two. Uh, Justin Turner. Red Sox one. Um, I just think he would fit in there and then return to the Dodgers. If they miss out on Shohei Otani, maybe they say he can be our DH. I would love him to be a Dodger and a player manager. How about that? Uh, Fire <laughs> Roberts, player manager, Justin Turner. Uh, how about Mets one returns to his alma mater, if you will. Uh, and Red Sox two uh, returns to Boston. Tommy Pham, uh, is he going to get in a street fight before he signs with his free agent team? That's the real question. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks that, that he returns to fold, that things went well there. And then number two, I'm going to go with the Marlins. Just feels like they like throwing things at like – solid hitter 
starters that aren't going to change their lineup but are going to make it slightly better? I'm going to go Pirates 1. The Pirates are super random, but they're young, and they could use a leader. It's a veteran leader. Pirates. I one. thought Reese Dodgers Hoskins two? for Pittsburgh would have been another good one for what it's worth. That, that would have been solid. Uh, Dodgers 2, um, if they miss out on everybody and have – one of their classic off seasons where they say they're going to sign somebody. And in reality, it's Tommy fan. I could just totally see that happen. Like their big signing is somehow Tommy fan. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Orioles one. He's familiar with the division. They need a pitcher as we've talked about two. I'm going to go giants. He was actually close to signing with the giants when he signed with the Cubs. He was impressed with the organization. There was a lot of talk if they were going to trade for him at the deadline. So Orioles one giants two. He ends up in uh black and orange either way. Uh, I'm going to go twins one. And Reds two and C explanation for Eduardo Rodriguez exact same explanation. Uh, Lucas Giolito, Dodgers one. He's from SoCal. They love reclamation projects and two Orioles. They could use taking a risk on a guy like this. Dodgers one, same reasoning. It's home. Two Padres. It's also kind of home. Uh, all right. So with that in mind, that is that is our list. Uh, we went through 23 free agents right there, Derek. So at the end of this free agent season, of course, this offseason, Derek and I, uh, we will come up with our punishment on the next show. Unless, Derek, do you already have the punishment? I do have it. You have the punishment. Okay. I wasn't sure well, you had it. It's not even much of a punishment. It's – I don't know. It, it's a little bit. So me and you live basically – equidistant away from St. Louis. We are both about Correct. a four hour drive away from St. Louis. Correct. My punishment reward, whatever you want to call it is the loser has to buy winner tickets to a Cardinals game. We meet together and go to the game. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. That is a mm-hmm. handshake deal. I, I got you. That is a deal. Uh, we will make that happen. So I'm excited for you to buy me tickets. Um, so uh, <laughs> that is that's a great deal right there. And we'll we'll cheers it and uh, we'll do a pot even before that trip. So um, I like that deal. We will obviously find out as the chips fall um, who will be going where. Before we end this thing, our last segment is absinthe. This doesn't last for long because just simply absinthe gets to you real quickly. Um, there are a couple of names we didn't list here that have been popping up all over the place. And that's because they're all international signings potentially that could uh, make a significant impact. So it's Jung-Hoo Lee, Woo-Soo Go, and Shota Imanaga as a few. Um, there's a couple other names out there as well. Derek, as a whole, I think we're going to see a lot of international names that are going to pop up that are going to be key players, uh, significant impacts for these teams. We've seen over the years that these guys have played a key role and they've kind of popped out of nowhere. Is there anybody out of this group, whether I name the three of them or even somebody that's outside of this group you're interested in at the very least? Well, I mean, uh, you know, Saris, who does the Stuff Plus numbers, works with The Athletic. He registered from Stuff Plus numbers from the World Baseball Classic. And it was a very interesting list among the top guys, minimum, I think it was like 28 pitches per appearance. So it was mostly starters. Like Roki Sasaki was number 11. Shohei Otani was in the top 10. Brandon Woodruff and uh, a couple other recognizable pitchers were in the top 10 that you would kind of expect to be up there. Number two on the list was Yamamoto. Number one on the list was Shota. I, I don't know if it's Imanaga. Imanaga I think it's Imanaga. Imanaga, okay. I want to say. He was number one. He's got really good stuff numbers, really good strikeout numbers from Japan. So very interesting. A bit older than Yamamoto. So Yamamoto at 25 is the better free agent. But at 30 years old, you might get a better win now player in a Monica or whatever. So um, he's very interesting. And then with Jung-Hoo Lee, I think he is the ultimate 
ultimate consolation prize for whichever team goes hard after Cody Bellinger and doesn't get him because there's not a lot of great uh, defensive center fielders out there, and I think he can do that and be kind of a good slap hitter or slash hitter for you. He does have a little bit of power in him. He's certainly one that it sounds like the Giants have been interested in, so I, I've started to do a lot of studying on Jung-Hoo Lee, but I'm very interested in uh, Shota Imanaga the most. Yeah, you basically said everything that I was already going to. The, those are kind of the two that stand out to me. I do want to mention this, though. You had talked about how Shohei Otani uh, may sign with a team that has you know, a Japanese player. Well, could you imagine just a team takes care of business by signing one of these guys and brings in Otani? It's just kind of the added piece, right? So I'm, I'm curious if this has any role in that whatsoever. Um, would would be interesting and add Yamamoto to the list on top of that uh, as maybe just another reason to try and attract Shohei Otani. So that, that's just kind of what I'll float out there. A lot of interesting things to keep in mind as we are approaching the winter meetings. Uh, but with that being said, we enter our shotgun six pack before we sign off. Derek, Joey Votto, uh, we thought maybe he was retiring. We had a whole segment about that. Seems like he still might play baseball. So fill in the blank. Joey Votto will play baseball in 24, 2024, yes or no? Yes. I say yes as well. Uh, yes or no? Adalberto Mondesi is a sneaky, underrated free agent. No, you just can't trust him to stay healthy. I hope he does, and I hope it does work out, but no. Yes, I want to see him steal 60 mm. bases. Uh that, uh, after the injury that I sustained alongside him, though, I know that's very difficult. Uh, yes or no, Nick Senzel is a sneaky, underrated free agent. I actually think yes on this one. I, I want to see him get you know a, a new location, and he's at least a solid defender. He's a utility guy, yes. Yes, as well. He's young. Uh, there's still room for improvement. He could be one of those guys that comes up and uh, just as a late bloomer, I'll say yes. Yes or no, Kyle Lewis is a sneaky, underrated free agent. Um, I view him as being someone who might have to do like a minor league deal or like something like that, that has to earn his way under the major league roster. So I think it's going to be a low risk deal that you could get a big reward. Worst case, if it doesn't work out or he's injured. So yeah, I think he is kind of a sneaky underrated one. Big yes for me. Uh, one rookie of the year and just kind of petered off. Didn't really get his chance. I think if he finds the right opportunity, I, I think he could be a steal. He's still got plenty of potential. Okay. Who is a hall of famer out of this list? Just one. You don't have to name mm. multiple. Just one. Chase Utley, Joe Maurer, Adrian Beltre, David Wright, Matt Holiday. I'll say this right now. There's at least two there. So whatever one you say, I'll say a different one. Okay, I'm going to go Adrian Beltre. I mean, the longevity, what he did at multiple clubs, some high home run seasons, great defense. Beltre is my guy. Yeah, I, I think that's the easiest one out of the group. I will also say Joe Maurer. I know that obviously his, his extent in his career of playing the game was not necessarily as long as maybe others, but I think in the, the time frame at which he played and you look at the numbers comparative to other catchers and defensively what he did, I think he's put up Hall of Fame numbers across the board on both sides of the ball. Okay, finally, the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas is blank for baseball is fine for baseball i uh it gets a lot of negative pr with the oakland move and everything like that um i also think there's probably this thought from mlb that las vegas is going to be this huge destination for them and everything i don't know how many people are going to las vegas and, and going to watch a baseball game so i don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as as they possibly think but i also understand like as, as much as the a's I don't know, had had some diehard fans and stuff. There, there just wasn't attendance. There was an investment in the team. And so 
Um, who knows? Maybe in five years from now, we're talking about the A's like we were with the Seattle Supersonics, and there's a renewed I don't know, sense to get them a new baseball team, and we get a new one over there, and we expand because there's been talks of expansion here. I, I think it's fine. I, I don't love it, but I don't, I guess, hate it either. Yeah, I will say that the A's moving to Vegas is sad for baseball. It's not necessarily bad. It's just sad. It's a bummer for the fans that are obviously those diehards, as you mentioned. You had the chants going on in there about how uh, they wanted, obviously, to have the owners sell the team. That didn't happen. Instead, all 30 owners vote for this. It's probably in the long term going to be actually good for baseball, but it's sad. It's still sad for the fans, and I'm bummed out for them. Uh, With that being said, Derek, we are closing out our show. Before we go, any last thoughts as we enter the heart of Free Agent Frenzy? I just hope that the Sunny Gray move today kickstarts things, but it feels like we're in for a long offseason because I feel like most teams are going to be kind of pinned to the Shohei Otani decision when it happens, and then from there the dominoes will start falling. All right, I'll make a prediction. We're doing this show in two weeks. I will predict that we have our suitor for Otani by then. Mm. I'm going to predict that. I, I think we actually find out who Otani goes to in two weeks. So uh, we'll right. find out. But uh, we would have a lot to talk about on that end. So with that being said, that will wrap it up here for Booze and Baseball. On behalf of Derek Johnson, I'm Dusty Baker. Thanks again for pulling up a barstool and hanging with us. For those of you that stuck with us as well, a few went in and out on uh, Twitter. We're going to try this again. Um, We will also market it better as we continue to learn more about Twitter Spaces. But for those of you on YouTube, also on Spotify and on Twitter Spaces, thanks again for joining us. Let's grab a drink again in two weeks. Until then, we will talk to you soon. Cheers.